just had a heavy heart this um, past week because I, I had a meeting with Bishop, who is the Bishop of our Diocese, Bishop David Ricken. And he said, this will be the last year the Newman Center will exist on campus because we're not producing fruit. Um, invested hundreds of thousands of dollars year after year after year. And it's, uh, Bishop just told me, it's, this is going to be the last year I'll be on campus. So we have to really kind of take that soberly and just be aware that this is it. Might hit you kind of heavy. Uh, might make you wonder what's going to happen with my job, what, what I'm going to do. But it's also not true. We're going to be starting a new series tonight called Living Without Regret. Some of you, your heart just sank. You're like, holy crap, did that, did that just happen? Is that, is that the reality? But then the thing is, what are we doing about it? Is there anything I'm taking for granted? Even as I was praying about actually telling you that, it brought me to tears because I was like, man, we have so much work to do. We have so many good things, but there's, there's this need um, for us to have this zeal for souls on campus, this, this, this desire to share who Jesus is because, I mean, just look at this past weekend of pub crawl. I mean, people are literally throwing their lives on the drains and I think it's because they're into peer pressure. They don't know there's another way to live. But then also we have this building on campus. We have a priest, and I'm not saying I'm special, but we have focused missionaries. We have campus minister. We have so much all for you, but then often we just take it for granted. Now I asked you tonight, like what, what the question was, what's the one thing if you didn't have it, like you're so happy you have it, you, you take it for granted, but you're so grateful that you have it. Maybe you're thinking like, like my phone, like phones come and go, like whatever. And like if I, I didn't have my car, whatever, like, Let's just like get like real practical here for a second because St. Paul talks about, I know how to live in humble circumstances. That means he knows how to live with a little. He knows what it's like not to live with a lot, but he does also know like, like what it's like with a lot. But like what he knew was that the Lord is the giver of all things. Just to, just to be very practical for a second here, like I'm, I'm so grateful for toilet paper. Like, could you imagine life without toilet paper? I mean, there's sometimes it's just like you need a lot because it's one of those days, right? <laughs> but like, we take those things for granted. What about clean water? There's countries in the world that if, if, if we went over there and drank their water, we would get deathly ill. And we just take that stuff for granted. What about your bed? There's people who don't have a bed. And we complain about ours or we complain about this, that, and the other every day, so... There's just a, 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 an, an invitation for, for, by not taking things for granted, for an increased sense of gratitude. How could St. Paul, who is shipwrecked, who is beaten, who is stoned, say this? He says, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstances, in all, in all things, I've learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry. What, what is that secret? I know as, as I pray over this text, I would say the text has to be gratitude. Like, if you are a person who complains all the time, I just want to ask you the question, like, how's life going for you? Classes suck. This teacher sucks. This sucks. This is so bad. I just don't like that person. Like, if that's your interior reality or even your exterior reality, like, how's life going for you? And I, I say that because, like, that, that was me before I encountered the Lord. Nothing was ever good enough. I, I grew up watching a lot of TV, and it kind of poisoned my mind. But one thing that, that I, I would watch these TV shows, I don't know if you've seen like these like home makeover shows or like HGTV, remodel this. 
I don't know what they have on HGTV. I don't even own a TV anymore, so don't even, I'm not going to go there. But as I, as I was watching those shows, one thing I, I noticed that happened is it trained my brain to realize that it made it seem like nothing's good enough. Nothing's good enough. There's always got to be a better couch or a better way you could do this, a better way. And I would sit in rooms and I would just look around like, I could change that. This could be better. Or I could change that person. But the one thing I didn't want to do is, is change myself. So what I, what I do is I would just complain and complain and complain. But when I was 20, I felt called to be a priest at a men's conference. Just through the proclamation of the gospel, through the, the holy mass. And... The first thing that I knew is that I was so loved. Like, I didn't know when I came to Mass that it was literally Jesus in the Eucharist. I, I had no clue about that. No one just pulled me aside and said, hey, um, when, you, when you come to Mass, it's the most important thing you do all week. And there have been saints before you who have laid down their lives so you can do what you do. They've been martyred. They've been killed. they sacrificed. Wars have been fought over our faith so you can do what you do. So like, it'd be really important to have a sense of gratitude. Like, even to make the sign of the cross, people would be killed for in the early church, right? And I, I, didn't, I didn't know these things, but it helped me take a step back and, the, and to live in humble circumstances. I just want to share with you how I was humbled by the Lord um, Like after I told my family I was thinking of being a priest because just a couple weeks ago, we heard St. Paul said, and like, do nothing out of vainglory. Do nothing out of like the self-concern. What are people going to think about me? And that was my biggest fear. Like when I felt called to be a priest, I, I don't know anything about the faith. I, I'm, I'm going to this. I, I don't know. Like I'm just going to share with you right now, like what I thought it took to become a priest, like how that happened to show you how dumb I am and how smart you are. So I thought, you know, if you're going to become a priest, like you sure for sure got to go to a church, right? And um, I knew these guys probably like in black hoods or something like that. They had to wear something dark. And they would take pixie dust and they'd sprinkle it over my head. And then, like, they'd do some prayers. I knew there had to be some type of ritual. I knew that. But, like, that day, I'd be hearing confessions. That day, I'd be celebrating Mass. And it scared the living crap out of me. Thank God that wasn't the case. That's why I didn't tell anyone. Like, I felt the Lord was calling me through an encounter I had with him in the Holy Eucharist at Mass. But then I got to a point where I was like, I have to tell someone. So I, I called my brother. Um, and I said, hey, PJ, like, you have a minute? He's like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, I am freaking out right now. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I think, I think God's calling me to be a priest. And he's like elated. He's like, that's awesome. I was praying for more men to answer a call to the priesthood. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm like literally freaked out. Like this scares the living crap out of me what God might be calling and asking me to do. I don't know anything. And then uh, I, I, I called my uncle and he gave me some really good advice. He was in the seminary for three years, didn't make it uh, to be a priest, a happily married man. But he said, you need to start journaling. And I'm so grateful that he, he told me to start just getting my thoughts out on paper. And then, um, so I went home and told my family. And I, I knew at that point, I was also playing college baseball. I knew at that point, like, it's probably not going to work. Like, I'm, I'm doing the best I ever did, but the problem is I'm not happy. And as I'm, I'm, I'm going through that, uh, I, tell, I tell my family, and it was just like the whole ride home was like finally dealing with reality. Instead of running, I was going towards something for the first time in my life. And told my family, then I, I, went, back to, I went back to school. Told my coaches, I, I, I just don't know if I can play baseball. And they're like, why? And I said, I think it's because Jesus is calling me to be a priest. 
And I, I, I put my blood, sweat, and tears in the sport of baseball. If I was a disciple of anything, it wasn't Jesus. It was baseball. Uh, and that was really hard. There's a lot of tears there. Um, and like the next day was when Thursday night football started. It just became a thing. Now you kind of know how old I am. This is back in like 2008. Um, and I, I, I was watching the Packers play the Cowboys. I remember watching the game. But then I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to breathe. And I don't know what's going on. I'm very confused. And then I go home and I'm like, well, I'll probably take some anti-acid. Maybe it's just like acid reflux, just having a hard day. And then I go, I go to work the next day at school. I worked at the library. I'm going up and down stairs and I can barely breathe. I'd run like five miles a day as a pitcher. So I'm like, this makes no sense. And I go to the school clinic and they, they do a chest x-ray. They have you breathe through this tube. And they're like, you have the lung strength of like a three-year-old the chest x-ray and it says you have a 30% lung collapse. And I was angry because I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to open my heart to you. I'm trying to do what you want me to do. Why is this happening? Over the next two years, I would have six more collapsed lungs and they would, one of the surgeries, they clipped the top third of my lung off. They, they glued my lung into my chest cavity. Um, but what happened was the Lord humbled me and I needed to be humbled. I'm not saying I wanted it, but one thing that I, I will say is the, the, the hospital bed was like a symbol of my pride because I was a lot like a lot of you, I think. I was so deathly afraid of asking for help. I was so deathly afraid, but now I, I was forced to receive it. But the church took care of me. To bring me Holy Communion, to bring me the Eucharist, to bring me anointing, to um, pray the rosary with my family as they're, they're looking at me on a hospital bed, just wondering, are you going to die? And what happened was where my gratitude comes in from a lot of that, it's where I decided to jump off the fence, so to speak, because I was, I was living a double lifestyle. I would, I would go to Mass on Sunday, but the whole week I was a total hypocrite. I was a total hypocrite. And I, I made a prayer of surrender. I, I wrote my deathbed letter. I said, Lord, I'm all in. If you want me, come get me. I'm sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. And then eventually got healthy and was able to, um, I was really able to discern what, we, what were you doing there, Lord? And what, one thing he, I think he was teaching me is like, you have so much to be grateful for, but you just complain about every little thing. In that process of having those surgeries, I had this wonderful idea because I got a new job in college. I should probably apply for um, insurance. Two days later, insurance went to effect. Third day, had another collapse lung. Like the Lord was just taking care of me, but I was so blind by my own pride to see it. I think a lot of us, is it's just that um, we just need to stop complaining. I was such a complainer. And I think that's a secret of, of being well-fed and going hungry, of, of being aware of all the blessings in your life. Bishop Rick and our bishop, he told all the priests, he said, brothers, count your blessings. And when you run out, count some more. When you run out of blessings, pray to the Holy Spirit and find some more. We have so much to be grateful for. Yes, it might be difficult, but start small. Again, something like toilet paper, take for granted. Clean water? Do you have hot water? Do your hands and your feet work? 
There are people who, who can't walk and we complain about walking to class, right? And they would just die to do what we do. But what St. Paul was, was getting at, he, said, he says that, that line that we hear so often, Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. His strength, his rock, his foundation was Jesus. That's what got him through the hard times. That's what made him grateful for the crosses he had to bear because it helped him know what it was like to live without. And when he, when he, when he, when he, when he lived with, he knew what it was like to live without, so he had this balance in his life. And Isn't that what a lot of us are looking for is balance in our lives? And for a lot of us, the invitation is just to stop complaining, to focus on what you're grateful for. Because the thing is, a lot of us say, I, I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And what, what are we really saying? If you, if you just really look at that, we're saying, I know when I'm going to die. I know when my timeline's up. I know all that. But we all know that that's not true. St. Paul teaches us is, is what it looks like to have a life with priorities. He had Jesus at the center of all he did. And was it easy for him? No, he sacrificed everything. But one thing he didn't do is take everything for granted. He knew that the Lord allowed something bad to happen so a good could come. So a good can come. The thing is, it's not just for St. Paul. It's not just for me. It's for everyone. Even those of you who are doubting me right now, like the Lord can do amazing things for you. But if you want to push people away, if you want to like be unattractive and make this not allow this campus to be converted, I would say just be someone who complains all the time. Just point out like, man, the weather sucks today. This is so awful. Like, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Can't control it. Maybe someone was praying for rain. Maybe, maybe there's a farmer out there praying for rain. It's too hot in here. Maybe somebody's cold. Homily's too long. Oh, gotcha there, right? So let's just make a, let's just make a commitment, right? If we're going to be known for one thing as a community, let's be, let's be a community that doesn't take things or even people for granted. And one thing I think for a lot of us, there's just an invitation to start saying words that we really mean. And I don't mean like hateful words. I mean words like, I love you. Like if the person you're sitting next to today died, wouldn't you regret not telling them that you love them? St. Paul was known for just this love and affection for his people. They, 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 they wept when he left. And we give thanks and praise to God that our bishop believes in us, that he, he supports us to have a Newman Center. But let's just make sure that we don't take those things for granted. Fires happen. Crazy weather happens, destroys things. And we have so much to be grateful for. And I believe that's a secret that St. Paul is trying to teach us. But again, you have free will. You can do whatever you want. And if you're a person who just complains about things, nothing's good enough, again, how's that going for you? Maybe the question asks, like, what could your life look like if you started to become a man or a woman of gratitude? And you called, hires, called others higher when they complained. 
Because some of us, we know exactly what it's like to live without. We know what it's like, and we see people who have so much and all I do is complain, and it's like super frustrating. But then some of us, we have so much and we see people who have so little and they're so grateful or so joyful. And we wonder, why is that? Because they're, they're, they're grateful. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. We should all be grateful that the Lord comes to us even though we don't deserve it, but he comes to us to strengthen us so we can do amazing things, all things. So we just pause. And I want you to think of five things to thank God for in your life right now. And you can go beyond five. If you run out of five, do what Bishop said, find five more. If you do go past that, pray the Holy Spirit to count more and more blessings. Amen.